Good morning, everyone. So good to see you all. You all can be seated. Amen. What an awesome presence of God this morning in worship. I can feel that very strongly. And uh, it's beautiful to be able to uh, enter into the presence of God with your family and with your friends and with people that you're close to. And that's an amazing opportunity and sometimes I think that we could take that for granted and uh, it's easy to do so. Let's set this here for a second. Um, and uh, I don't um, uh, want to ever do that. I want to always keep in reverence that awesome ability just to be able to um, to thank God and, and enter into his presence with our family and our friends and, and that's such a beautiful thing and you guys have been singing like super loud lately. Um, which has been awesome. It's so cool. Um, if you're up here on stage, if you ever get the opportunity to be on a, a stage uh, and play music in your life or do anything really um, that requires audience participation, um, to hear the audience singing louder than what you're singing or playing is an amazing experience. And, uh, and so just to hear everyone really just engaging and just uh, singing, that's beautiful. You guys are doing great. I love it. I think it's so great, so so fantastic. So just very very happy that you guys are doing that. Um, anyway, my name is uh, Pastor Dusty. For uh, most of you that don't know, um, I am the student pastor here at the Bridge and uh, have been for a long time. Jeez, Albie, we're getting old. <laughs> oh, you're not. I'm getting I'm getting old. I want to clarify so that I don't get beaten when I get home. Um, so, uh, but, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I think in January, we're going to be coming up, what, 10 years? We've been here for 10 years as student pastors in January. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Um, we, uh, we started uh, youth pastoring at this church. Um, we got married in November, and then in that January of the next year, we started as student pastors here, and it's been just a fun ride ever since. We've had a really awesome, awesome time, and we've met a lot of really cool students. We've seen students come in, um, children's church, and now they're in our youth group, and so it's just, they've graduated, and they've gone on, it's just insane, like uh, the time, how it just does not slow down for anyone. Um, we've seen Curb come through, Kirby, she comes through, she went through off, went to college, now she's coming back, I hired her at our agency, so now I got her a job with, uh, with, with working, and she's working as a social worker, so proud of her, um, yes, <laughs> so proud of her, and uh, so proud of all of our students, they do such an amazing job, um, even though some of them, like Ella, has a very, like I like to say, a very punchable face, um, and uh, <laughs> Ella, just so you know, you might get punched later. Um, no, I, I love giving her a hard time. Uh, it's just very easy to do so. And I like to give a lot of people a hard time, so um, especially Brittany, as you guys know. Welcome to church, Brittany. Um, glad you could be here today. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, anyway, so uh, last week we got to hear a really cool start. Huh, what? I ain't forgetting about my, I'm not going to forget it. Um, but anyway, last week we heard a really cool sermon from Pastor Ben called uh, God's Instruments. And uh, so it was a really cool concept. And so we're going to continue that um, this week. And, and last week, Pastor Ben shared about how it's important to kind of play second fiddle to God's will and what he has for our life. Allow him to play that lead part. and We'll play that second fiddle part. and We'll just come in and we'll aid and do what we need to do. 
And so that's, that was very important. He also highlighted how if we're going to be God's instruments, we need to be uh, kind. Mylon, look at your mother and say, be kind. Be kind. Um, we need to be generous, and we need to be pure of heart. And those are the three things that he highlighted last week that we need to be. And um, all joking aside, since I've been picking on Brittany a lot already, so I'm sorry, you're right there. I don't, I don't know what you want me to do. You, you sit right there. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't understand what you're doing. But anyway, um, so, but in all joking aside, I don't think that I know of a more generous person than Brittany and her family. Um, such generous people that they are such awesome instruments for, for God's kingdom and what they do is really amazing. So, you know, as much as I give her a hard time, I do have to give her props and credit. Albie and I do try to be more like her and her family um, in a lot of ways, so we try our best. But um, to be generous is a, is a gift um, to the body of Jesus Christ. And if we are all as generous and kind and pure of heart, that causes other people to see what we're doing. Instead of people looking at Christians and saying, oh, they're going to judge you, and they're going to hate you, and they're going to condemn you, and they're going to be this, and they're going to browbeat you and beat you over the head with the Bible. Instead of that, if we're coming alongside them, aiding them, being generous and kind and pure of heart, people see that, and they want that, and they want to be accepted, and especially in a day like today where we are so divided and so um, everybody's mindsets are so different and everybody's things are so different. It's so nice to be united by one thing, which is love and kindness and generosity. And Jesus provides all those things. And on his path that he puts us on, he provides those things for us. And it's a very, very important thing. So today I just kind of want to um, piggyback off of that, like I said, and I want to talk about what it looks like to be um, an instrument of God to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ to other people, to be an evangelist, to be a missionary with a mission, to go forward carrying the good news of Jesus Christ. What does that instrument look like? What does that sound like? So I want to talk about that today, and um, we're going to be reading out of Romans 6, 12 through 15. If you guys have Bibles or a Bible app or whatever you guys use, you guys can check that out. And in the meantime, while you're pulling that up, I'm going to have Mylon come up, um, and she's going to do us a little, uh, a little, little um, thing here. She's going to talk about a fundraiser that we have coming up. So Mylon, if you would, come up, please. She wants somebody to come with her. She was going to come with you. She left you hanging. I'm nervous now. Okay, so this month's fundraiser for youth group that we're hosting for Speed the Light is the funniest video contest. Speed the Light is what our youth group uses to give money to missionaries to spread the gospel to places like the Dominican, which I did go this summer. This money can help kids have Bibles, have a VBS to go to every night. You can send any funny video that you have or any funny video that you want to make to Dusty or Albie, all videos are due by October 8th. And on October 15th at 5 p.m., you can come join us to watch everyone's videos. The entry fee is $5, and kids three and under are free. There will also be a donation box if you want to give any extra donations. Prizes will be given out to the top three funniest videos. Third place gets a free Chiggers meal. Second place gets a free bridge t-shirt. And first place gets a $50 gift card. Hope to see you there. 
<laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so come support the youth group, man. They made this goal. They were like, you know what? We want to give $1,000 to Speed the Light. And uh, I was like, that's a lot of money. Um, but, you know, we believe that God can do all things. And so we are really, really close to that goal um, already. So we're hoping that this uh, fundraiser will get us even closer, maybe even surpass that. And uh, their goal was, I told them, because how many people in here have, have eaten at Chick-fil-A before? Anybody, any Chick-fil-A fans in the room? Yeah, I've not eaten there. And, uh, and I don't plan to. Um, and it's not because I'm against it or that I don't like chicken. It's just that I haven't yet, and it's too late for me now. I can't go now. It's been too long. I can't eat there now. And some people say, that doesn't make any sense. And I say, well, that's my theory, you know, whatever. It's my right to say that. So um, it, it doesn't make any, it doesn't make sense. But it also it makes perfect sense if you think about it. It's too late. And so their goal now is if they reach $1,000, then I get to eat Chick-fil-A. And I told them what I'll do is I'll order, like, all their top, uh, um, like, the top favorite items, and I'll make a video of me eating these different items. And, uh, and whoever raises the most individually gets to be in the video with me. Not that I'm famous or anything. I mean, I am. But not that, you know, you know. Well, anyway, uh, you know, so yeah, that'll be fun. And we're going to do that, and uh, we're going to eat Chick-fil-A. Hopefully not. And if I do, I just hope that's gross. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I hope that I just don't like it. I'm just like, ugh. It is. It is. But anyway, it's too late. So anyway, yeah, it, Albie doesn't like chicken. She eats their chicken minis, I guess, which is weird. The mac and cheese. Let's talk more about food because I bet people aren't hungry yet. Um, anybody else got a favorite food? Um, let's see. But anyway, so we'll get going. Um, so everybody found the verses, Romans, Romans, verse or chapter 6, verse 12 through 15. Uh, we will read together. It says, Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Just like there's good instruments, there can be bad. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean that we can go on sinning? Of course not. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this awesome, awesome day, beautiful day, first day of October, and uh, we're gearing up for all the fall festivities and things like that, and there's spider webs everywhere, so if you could take care of that, that'd be great. Um, but we are so thankful, God, that you are so sovereign and that you are so awesome and that you are so giving and kind to your people. So today, God, in this moment, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would be present so powerfully in this moment, that in this message that you would speak to people, because God, I know that I could be saying one thing and your spirit can be telling them another. So it doesn't matter specifically what I say, but God, it matters how you impact their life. So God, I ask that I would be removed from the equation and that your spirit would speak individually to each and every single person that, God, you would be made known and that your will for their life would be evident. 
So we thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are all chosen instruments. Who here feels like, man, I, I got a good, pretty good, I'm a pretty good instrument for Jesus? Anybody already kind of feel like they're on their way? There you go, jo, Jodan, very good. Or as I'll be called, Jojan, or whatever she called you. Um, but, you know, so we are all chosen instruments. We are all um, people who are uniquely created to do a specific thing. And we all have a purpose in our life. Each and every single one of us have been created uniquely for a specific reason. And if you look at every single person in this room, everybody has a little bit different style. Some of us are looking the same because trends are what they are and people want to be trendy and they want to be whatever. But also, we are also different in our speech patterns. We're different in our looks. We're different um, in our characteristics and our mannerisms. We're different in a lot of different ways. And it's beautiful how different we truly are because that difference allows us to be missionaries or evangelists in our circles, in our spheres of influence that we have. Our differentialities make us able to speak to people that maybe Joe Don can't speak to, or maybe Pastor Ben can't speak to, or maybe Pastor Albie can't speak to. There's these people that you can reach that we can never impact. And so we're also individually made for that purpose and for that reason. And we look at Psalm 139, and it tells us in Psalm 139 that we are all uniquely made, that God knit us together, that we are all, that he made the delicate inner parts of our body, and he knit us together in our mother's womb, and that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and that we are so unique and so awesome and complex. And that's a beautiful thing. And it's good. And it's awesome. And we all have our differentialities, but, but, you know, so we all have different hobbies and things like, anybody have a hobby that they like to do in here? Any favorite things that you like to do? Anybody at all? Yeah? What do you like to, what is your favorite hobby over there? Yeah. Crochet? Anybody, any crocheting people in here? Yeah, there's a couple. Awesome. Very good. I, I don't know. I could probably, I guess I, I don't know. I want to think that I can learn anything, but do I want to? It's not my thing. That's not my thing. That's your thing. That's what makes you different th from me. That's something that differentiates us. Anybody else have a hobby in here? Albie, what's your hobby? Fall? All right. Uh, eating? <laughs> Who said that? Was that you, Bootsy? <laughs> hey. We're not different there, girl. I'm telling you. I was, I was, let me tell you. I like to eat. But anyway, anybody else? Anybody else? Hobbies? Hobbies? Jodan, do you have a hobby? You're thinking about it. Yeah, I like craft. And make craft. craft. You're crafty. Yeah. I'm not crafty. I tried to paint a pumpkin. That turned out okay, didn't it? Eh, I just don't like it. it. It makes me, when I was a kid and they tried to make me collar, I would cry. And I still kind of cry. Like, the whole time I was painting that pumpkin, I was very upset, wasn't I, Albie? I was not happy. But anyway, I don't like that stuff. That's not me. That's not my thing. But some people love that, and that's awesome. That's what differentiates us, and that's what makes us able to speak into people's lives that maybe other people couldn't. So it's important to be um, unique and, and different, and that's why. But there's someone in the Bible who was extremely unique and extremely different and was created uniquely, 
and his name was Saul, and he was a man who was very smart. He was, uh, he was a very uh, learned individual. He sat under great individuals who helped him learn the ins and outs of the Jewish faith and all these different things. And so he was a very smart man, and um, he knew what God loved, and he knew about the Bible. He had the first five books. He could cite it word for word, um, and that's very, very impressive. If you've ever read the first five books of the Bible, try to memorize it and recite it word for word. It's going to be very difficult for you, I promise. But he could do that because that was something that was very common in the Jewish faith, faith back then, and I think still is today. Um, so that's something that they're able to do. And he had all this knowledge. He had all this wisdom. He had all this stuff going for him. And then when Jesus comes along and people are starting to preach the good news of Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God, he starts to what? He starts to condemn them. And he starts to say, you're going against what the Bible says. You're going against what God wants. You're not doing what God says. See, Saul was slightly, he had the right intentions. See, he wanted to follow God, and he wanted to do all these different things, but he was just slightly off, out of tune a little bit, if you, if you will. Just slightly out of tune. How many times in your life have you had good intentions, but maybe you didn't say it the right way, or... Or maybe you didn't come across the way you thought you did. Or you had the best intention. You had a good mindset. You had all the best intentions for this individual or this person or this situation. But it just didn't land right. It didn't happen the way you thought it would. And then now you're, they're like, yeah, I know you meant to do that, but <laughs> that's not what happened. Has anyone ever heard an instrument that's slightly out of tune? Yeah, Leslie, could you pay, play a G chord for us on your guitar? Maybe. I'm sorry. I don't mean to put you on the spot. We'll listen to how pretty this sounds. It's going to sound good, right? Maybe a G. That's God's chord. The G chord. Well, that's nice, right? Now, what if you were to take and untune one of your strings just slightly? Okay. Now play the G. Do you hear that? Do you hear how in the beginning it was very clear and crisp, and then that one string out of tune made it sound kind of, you're like, well, hang on, hang on a second. Like, you know something's not right. And it's like, it's not quite what it's supposed to sound like, even though the rest of the strings are in tune and everything else is going really well, like, everything else sounded good, but there was something. This, <laughs> eh, that's not right, you know? There's something a little off tune. I feel like, we as Christians, and I'll use myself as an example, I sometimes have a lot of things going, and they're going well. And I have a lot of really great intentions and a lot of really great things. But every once in a while, I have to tune myself back in to what God wants for my life and tune myself back in to what I need to be doing. And it's not always the easiest thing in the world, and it takes some introspection, it takes some different things, but... But it's so necessary because if I'm walking around playing my G chord, and there's something slightly off, every time I play that G chord, people are going to go, that's not what, that doesn't sound right. That's not exactly what, I don't think he meant to say that, but he did. Or, or, or I don't think that's what it's supposed to sound like, but that's what it is. It's kind of strange. It's important to be in tune. 
And it's important to be in tune with our Savior, Jesus Christ. We have to be in that same kind of mindset. We have to be in tune with him. And so Saul, this individual, who is very, like I said, very knowledgeable, knows what he's talking about, knows the scripture, knows a lot of different things, is very religious. He gets word that something's happening in Damascus. He's like, okay, I need to go. I got to persecute some of these people. He has written documentation that says, I can go and I can imprison whoever I want that's saying that Jesus is the Christ, Son of the living God, and that, you know, I can persecute any of them. And so he has this opportunity, he has this right, he has the documentation. It's legal. And he's on his way to Damascus, and what happens? Does anybody know what happens? He sees a blinding light, he falls off the horse, and he can't see anything, and all he hears is a voice. And he hears the voice say, Saul, why are you persecuting me? You see, God knocked him off his horse, took his vision, so that he could finally hear that he was out of tune. And he begins to see that, okay, I'm out of tune. And maybe he doesn't change right there, but that drastic moment, and then he goes on into Damascus. He's prayed for. The scales fall off of his eyes. And then at that moment, he begins to realize, okay, there is something to this Jesus. He does begin to be perfectly in tune with what Jesus wants, with what he needs, with what he is calling him to do. Saul is changed into a man named Paul. He changes his name to Paul. Paul goes on to do amazing things. And Paul has this awesome, awesome calling on his life. And he has a specific calling on his life. But in order for him to call or to step into that calling, he had to be tuned in to what God wanted. Will it take God taking your vision? so you can hear him? Could you imagine if God took your vision from you to prove a point to you, how terrifying that would be? Has anybody ever had like a moment in their life where they thought, oh my God, I'm blind? Well, I have. Let me tell you a story. <laughs> um, Albie likes to tell this story, and I think I've actually told this before, but um, one time, we always go to bed, there's the TV's usually on, so there's always like some blue light, and um, and so I went to bed, and I woke up in the middle of the night, and when I woke up, typically when I wake up, there's light in the room, right? Well, this night, I woke up, and everything's black, and I can't see, and I'm like looking, I'm trying to get my eyes to focus, because I'm like, maybe my eyes are, you know, something's going on, and I'm sitting here, and I'm blinking, and I can't see anything, and I'm trying to see my hand in front of my face, and I can't, I'm like on my face and I can't see it so I'm like I'll be I'll be I can't see I start really getting scared and I'm like I'll be I can't see I'm blind I'm blind you know and she wakes up out of her sleep and she's like the electric's off you idiot yeah so the electric was off and I couldn't see and, uh, you know, that makes me sound stupid. <laughs> but, you know what? The same thing happened to Albie a little bit later on. The very same thing. Do you remember that, Albie? Huh? Yeah, so that, 
mm, you did the same thing. She did the same thing. She had that same moment where the electric was off, the same exact situation. She thought she lost her vision, too. So it's a thing. And you know what? It's scary. And if you've ever had a moment in your life where you feel like you can't see, that is a really terrifying thing. And it's, I'm telling you, it's, a, it's an eye-opener for real. Once the electric comes back on, like you're like, oh, whoa, okay, I can see again. And I was like, oh, thank God I'm not blind. I'm so, I mean, I'm already my vision's terrible anyway. So I was like, well, now it's gone forever, and I can't see, and I really was scared. But, you know, I can only imagine how P Saul, at this time, Paul, felt when he was blind for a significant period of time, like for real, couldn't see, and was not able to do the things that he was, you know, called to do, that he thought at least, and he was hearing this voice of someone that he thought, or that is Jesus Christ, and he's hearing him say, why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting me? And it's taken this turn to where he's thinking one thing and now he's being entombed to another thing. What will it take for God to have you hear him? What kind of drastic steps is it going to take for God to say, hey, Brittany, you have a calling on your life and you have people that you can reach that everybody else can't reach. Albie, everybody in this room. You have a calling on your life. And if ever you've woke up or you've ever been awake at night or if you've ever had a day where you thought, I don't have a purpose, I don't have a calling, I want to tell you this morning that that is a lie from the pits of hell and that you are made for a reason and that you do have a purpose in life and that this world is better with you in it than it is without you in it. And you have a wonderful, wonderful calling on your life. And that calling, yes, absolutely. And that calling is that we are called to live a spiritual, beautiful life that reflects our Savior, Jesus Christ. You have people in your life. You have a mission field in your life that other people don't have. You can impact people in a way that I can't impact them. Paul is specifically called, and Jesus says it in Acts 9.15. He said, but the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel. He had a specific calling on his life, a specific calling. You have a specific calling. There are people that you can reach that I can't reach. But in order for you to be able to be reaching those people, there has to come a moment of submission. There has to come a moment of realization that, okay, I have to stop trying to do my will for a second, step back and allow God to show me what he wants me to do. Like, I have to get out of my own way and play second fiddle, like Pastor Ben said last week, so that Jesus can come in and shine through my life. I have a calling. I have a purpose. I can reach people that other people can't reach. That's my calling. That's my purpose. I can impact people. I can make people's day better. Don't you like to be the person that makes someone smile that maybe they haven't smiled in a while, they're having a bad day, and you say a little joke or something silly and make them laugh, and you're like, oh, that felt good. That was nice. Or you say something nice to them. You compliment them. You give them a, a, an encouragement in some way. That's a nice feeling. When someone does that for you, that's beautiful. It's awesome. 
And if we were all so willing and free to give those things to other people and we were just submissive to God's will and said, you know, I'm going to listen, God. And when you tell me that this person's having a bad day or I can, I can see that and I can sense that, then I'm going to try to do something to encourage them and build them up. The world would be a ten times better place. We would all be much better off if we were all willing to encourage and love and be generous to other people. I encourage you to do that, to be that for other folks. But we have to submit our will to God. We have to be willing to accept that mission field that he's sending us into. And that we have to be willing to do what he's asking us to do. Paul goes on his very first missionary journey. He goes to places like Antioch and uh, Lystra and Derby and these different places. And, and he's all throughout these different places. He's planting churches. He's, he's ministering to folks. And he's building people up. And he's encouraging. And he's planting pastors at all these different churches and telling them how to do church and how to be and how to act and how to live for Christ. And the whole time he has trials and tribulations and terrible things happening to him. Anybody else have some bad things going on in life? How many people when they got saved their life became rainbows and sunshine? Anybody? Did life stop lifing after you became a Christian? Life is very lifey. <laughs> It's very rough sometimes. And life can be very, very, very persistent in beating you and beating you and beating you to the ground until you feel like I'm just a puddle on the floor and I don't have the strength to get up. And life is very good at doing that sometimes. And it's hard. And we get stressed out. I'm so stressed out right now. I mean, you guys may not be able to know it, but I'm literally, I'm in the most, probably the most stressed I've been in my life. And I've had moments where I've just wanted to go, I'm just going to walk away. Like, I just don't want to do anything. I just want to go and walk down the street and keep walking and just see where I end up. I don't want, I'm just, I've been very stressed. Has anybody else been super stressed before? Where you just feel like, man, I can't do this. And I felt that way. I've been feeling that way for about a week and a half now. And probably in the last three days has been so intense that I've just been, like I said, I just don't want to, I'm like, I'm just, I don't want to make a decision and I just want to go home. <laughs> That's what I want to do. Life can be very hard. We're going to go through trials. We're going to go through tribulations. We're going to have stressful days. We're going to have situations that make us feel less than. We're going to have situations that make us feel great. We're going to have good days. We're going to have awesome days. And then we're going to have bad days again. And then it's going to be hard again. And then we're going to have really good days. And then it's going to be hard again. And life is full of those ups and downs and ups and downs and mountains and valleys and hills and valleys. And life is full of that. And it doesn't stop, and it keeps going, and things get better, and they get worse, and they get better, and they get worse, and that's just life. But how you respond, and what you're doing in between those things, and what you're doing on your day-to-day -day life, and that willing to be submissive to what God has for you, and willing to be silent and hear Him speak to you. You know, we preach all the time. You have to read your Bible. You have to pray. You have to worship. You have to do these three things consistently. And you have to be prayed up. And, and that's all true. It's so true. I'm a huge advocate. And almost every time I preach, I tell you guys to do that. Why do I tell you? Because it's beneficial. And it's going to build you up. It's going to make you a stronger Christian. And when those days come, it's going to allow you to face them head on. 
but is it still hard? Yes, absolutely. But do you have a best friend that's going to be there for you and love you through it? Yes. Do you have a person that's going to be supportive and a God that loves you, that created every situation that you're going through and knows exactly how to get out of it? Yes, you're going to have that guidance. You're going to have that love and you're going to have that support. And not only that, when you are tied to a church, you're going to have a support group. Every single person in this room, you could call on them. You can say, hey, Whitney, I need to talk to you. I've been sad. I, kind of, I told Whitney this week, I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty sad right now because she asked me how I was doing and I was just candid with her and honest. And I just told her, yeah, I'm just feeling kind of stressed. And that was a, you know, that's awesome that I get that. And she says, hey, I'm praying for you, friend. And that's so great. And that's awesome. And that's awesome. And you have people in this room that are willing to do that for you. Aren't you happy about that? Are you utilizing these people? Are you talking to people in this room because they want to pray for you? They want to love you and care for you, and they want to hear from you. Text me. I'll pray for you. You having a hard day? I'll talk to you. I may be going through things myself. We all are. I'm not too busy to talk to you. I'm not too busy or too good to, to come and say, hey, well, what's going on? Vent. Talk. I'm not. We have people in this room that are supportive of all of us. I encourage you. To use these people, utilize these people in this room. They love you and they care about you. Amen? Amen. 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 But we have troubles, we have trials. Being submissive and being able to persevere through challenges is so important in your walk with Jesus. Because sometimes when I'm doing all the right things and life gets hard again, I want to play the card of... Well, I'm doing what's right. How am I, you know what I mean? Like, I do everything right. I'm a good person. How does this keep happening to me? God, I keep doing what you tell me to do, and I keep getting smacked in the face. God, I keep doing what you tell me to do, and a snake bites my hand when I'm trying to make a fire. God, I keep doing and going where you tell me to go, but every time I go, the boat breaks down, and I get shipwrecked somewhere on some island. Every time I try to do what's right, something terrible happens. And you kind of want to play that like, well, oh, woe is me. Like, man, I just can't believe it. Life keeps happening, and it just does. And having that will to persevere and move forward even when things get tough, that's, that's sometimes difficult. And that's why it's so important to rely on your group, your people, your sphere of influence that you have around you. You have to rely on those folks because they want to be there for you. If you want to be able to persevere through tough times in Jesus' calling on your life, which is being a missionary and an evangelist in your sphere of influence, you have to utilize the people around you. Life is so much easier when you don't try to do it alone. Thank God I have an awesome church family who's willing to be here for me and love me and care for me and be here. And you do too. You do too. So, with all that in mind, you know, we are all called for a specific purpose. We're all uniquely made. We all have differentialities. We all have things that we love to do that maybe someone else does. And we all have different spheres of influence. And God has called us for a time such as this to go and to be the, the light that people see, the Jesus. Sometimes people don't ever come to church. How are they going to know who Jesus is unless you're living the way you're supposed to be living? Before they'll listen to Pastor Ben or me, they're going to watch you. You know, 
I, I often was in the mindset that to say that, well, I just need to get my friends here. I need to get them to church, you know, and let Pastor Ben preach to them or, or let someone else talk to them. I just need, my job is to get them here, you know. But before they're willing to come here, they're going to be watching you. And even after you bring them here, they're still going to be watching you to learn how you're doing things, to see what you're doing right and wrong and how your life is going and, and the things that you're doing. They're watching you. Your friends, your sphere of influence, they see you. And when they see you, do you want them to see an instrument for God? Or do you want them to see another person that's just fitting in and getting by? I want them to see an instrument of God. When people see me, I want them to go, man, Dusty's different. He responds differently to stress. He responds differently to this. He responds differently than what I would do. How is he able to do that? I want people to see that. Am I like that 100% of the time? I wish I could tell you I am. An instrument that goes into tune can come out of tune. What's the first thing that a musician does when they pull that guitar out? You're tuning them in, right? Just tuning in every single string. Why? Because when it sets, it goes out of tune. You're going to go out of tune from time to time. And that's okay. But you have to be getting back into tune with Jesus. And how do you do that? I want you to listen. I want you to listen for his voice. He said that my people will hear me and they'll know that I'm talking. They'll know my voice. They'll know my voice. You'll know his voice when he speaks. But man, with all due respect, you have to shut up. (laughs) And I say that with complete love and and I'm in joking and things like that, but also in seriousness, we have to be quiet from time to time to hear what God has to say. It's in those still moments that God really speaks How do you hear his voice? I've had people ask me that since I've been a pastor. What do you mean you hear God? What does that mean? What does that look like? He speaks to me when I read his word. He speaks to me when I sit in silence and listen to worship music. And he speaks in those moments. And I pray and I say, God, what are you wanting to say to me? What do you want your spirit to speak into my life right now? And then I shut up for a bit. And I wish that I could tell you this morning that I do that a lot, but I don't. But I'm, I want to start. That's something I need to tune back in. I need to get right back in tune with that. And that's okay, and I'm going to do that. And I encourage you to do that alongside me. Leslie, if you'll play. So this morning, I want us all to listen. To, we'll just take a second to practice. This is a good moment for us to, to listen to what God has to say. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for you. And... After I pray, I just want us all to to close our eyes and just listen. Because in these moments, and you're going to hear kids screaming in the background, but I want you to do your very best to kind of shut that out. Listen for God's voice in your life. Listen to what he has to say. Show me, God. And I want you to say a prayer something like this. Show me where I'm out of tune. What parts of my life do I need to kind of get back in? Where have I gone wrong? Where have I missed the mark? Because I'm sure there's somewhere in my life 
in your life, there's something that's just maybe not right. You have the knowledge, you have the information, you have everything going for you, but there's something that's just, and you can feel it, and you can sense it, but you don't know maybe what it is. I encourage you in this moment to listen. So I'm going to pray for you. Father God, thank you for these awesome people. God, thank you for the opportunity to be able to speak to them. God, I believe that your Holy Spirit is so beautiful and unique in its ability to speak messages to people that I would never be able to speak to them. Yes, I'm talking, but God, you had them hear something on their own. So God, in this moment, I want your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, I'm asking it to speak to these people, to tell them exactly what they need to hear, to show them, maybe highlight something in their life that's slightly out of tune, something that just needs to be brought right back in so that the chords that they strike are beautiful and generous and kind. So Holy Spirit, speak in this moment as we sit in silence. In Jesus' name. the submissive part. How many of you are willing to say, hey, I heard something, I see something I need changed in my life? And with every eye closed still, let's, let's not look around in this moment, but how many of you heard something and you're willing to submit that to God and say, God, tune it up. I'm ready to do that. Amen. God sees those hands. Yes, yes. Hands all over the place. Are you willing to submit that to him and say, I'm ready? God, this is yours now. I realize it. I see it. I understand I'm not doing exactly. Amen. God sees that. I'm not doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Everything that I'm saying is maybe not coming across the way it's supposed to be. Something's slightly out of tune, God, and I just want you to know that this morning I'm willing to submit that to you and walk out of here with the intention of allowing you to tune me back in and get me closer to your will so that I can impact the people in my life that I'm supposed to be impacting, that the people that I'm coming into contact with every single day can see you in me 
tune me in. Last chance. Anybody else want to say that? Yes, absolutely. Amen. 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 Awesome. Let's pray together again. Father, you've seen the hands. God, you see the submissive hearts. Now, God, I ask that, that you would come down, that your spirit that is here with us right now would begin to tune in and begin to shape things and move things, God, and begin to give pathways and things that are able to be impacted, God, will be impacted in your name today. Things that are willing to be changed will be changed in Jesus' name today. Things that are willing to be tuned in will be tuned in in Jesus' name today. That those things are no longer going to be over our life. That those things are no longer going to imprison us. That those things are going to be lifted off of us in Jesus' name today. God, we thank you. We love you so much. And we thank you for a submissive heart. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your helper, the Holy Spirit that you've given us to help us stay in tune with you. God, help us this week to stay in tune, be kind and generous and loving. Help us to move forward in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.